Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PS Blue podcast, available on all podcasting platforms. This is episode number 12. As always, I'm joined by my cousin and co-host, Vinny. How are we doing today? Anthony, I'm doing really well. I'm very excited. I got to be honest. I looked at our topics today. A lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on. I'm actually really looking forward to, to this one. Yeah, I, I'm excited too. I'm, I'm excited every week, but I, I agree with you. There's some sort of things that we don't usually talk about happening in this episode. Uh, have you been playing anything interesting lately that we should know about? Yeah, I, I haven't been playing as much as I would want to, but a, a little bit. I, I, I forgot to mention this. I'd been playing the Overwatch 2 beta, and I know you hate me talking about Overwatch, no, and I no, get no. it. It's a free-to-play game. <laughs> I'm, I'm only messing with I uh I got to be honest, man. I'm loving me some Overwatch 2. It's it's coming out. It's gonna It's coming out real soon, actually. This is a game that I haven't talked enough on this podcast because it's probably third on my list and most anticipated games and I played that beta a ton and it's really good it's more overwatch obviously so those that didn't like the original aren't going to enjoy the the new one I'm sure but there's a lot of good changes and the big thing about overwatch 2 man is they're finally going to update that game on a continuous basis and recurring basis so to the overwatch community out there those that listen that are in that community I'll speak for you here on this podcast we cannot wait to get our hands on this game. It's going to be really good. What about you? What are you playing? Uh, I'm just playing... Well, first of all, I wanted to say I'm going to check out Overwatch 2. So we'll, we'll make it a talking, a, a talking point. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Uh, I, I mean, I have to, right? right? We, we, uh, we sort of <laughs> really just dump on free-to-play, or at least I do. I, <laughs> I really dump on it. But, you know, we talked about Skate and how maybe that might have not happened had there been... No free-to-play model. Maybe that was the loophole that they found to make this new Skate 4, quote-unquote, game. <laughs> so, you know, I'm starting to warm up to free-to-play, but yeah, I'm going to check out Overwatch 2 because it's, you know, it's it's in... It, it's a big game. It's a big game. So I, I think it'll be worth it to have a talking point on that. But But what I've been playing recently is the PlayStation Plus Game of the Month... Yakuza Like a Dragon. That game's phenomenal. We'll get into it, but I, I'm loving it. And I'm, I've am i also been playing The Avengers. Wow. What? The, the, the Avengers. new one? The new Avengers game? The, the one Aven- that came yeah, out? Yeah, the one that gets like what? dunked on all the time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What made you play The Avengers, I gotta ask? <laughs> so... We're going to get into it because I actually made it a talking point <laughs> okay. on, on our podcast oh. because, yeah, we, we need to talk about the Avengers. So, so we'll get into it later. I hate to be mysterious like okay. this, but, but we're going we're gonna to cover the Avengers. Okay, let's, let's just say this. I went into the game to laugh at it, and I went out <laughs> finding something completely different. So, Ooh. yeah. Okay, okay. So today we're going to be talking about, like I said, the Avengers... <laughs> We're also going to be talking about the PS5 update, Backbone 1, Shenmue 2, and the PlayStation Showcase. But first, the quote of the week. And Vinny, I'm going to hand this over to you because this is one of my quotes that you found. So tell me tell me what you got for us. That's right, Anthony. Congratulations. You won our quote of the week. This was last week's episode. Anthony said, quote, It's a bad problem that Sony has. I know the patterns of the PlayStation Store. 
they set up these sales to sort of discount the games right before they release it on one of their subscription services, and it's kind of a bad look. End quote. Anthony, this was, I believe, when we were talking about The Last of Us 1, or uh, 1 remake, potentially hitting the tier service. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on the quote? Congratulations. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so, <laughs> I... I I stand by what I said. I I think this is a problem, and it's a problem that doesn't get any attention. Okay, Sony and, and I've been following it. I, I have like an obsession with the sales on the PlayStation Store because I just get that sudden rush of dopamine when I buy a game. I don't know what. It, I don't even have to play the game. <laughs> I just buy it and download it, and then. I was gonna say yeah. Yeah, yeah you understand. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say you don't even end up playing it most of the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Been but there. anyway, so so I, I I've been like on the PlayStation Store sale train for years, literal years. And I've started to notice something and it's been happening more and more and it's been happening more recently. And what it is, is a game that's, and I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but a game that goes on sale that hasn't been on sale before will be on PlayStation Plus like a week later. So my most recent example of this is is Yakuza Like a Dragon. I... I've always been interested in the game, but I just didn't want to pay 70 for it. So it, I was waiting for a sale and it went on sale for like 25 bucks. And I was like this close to purchasing it. And I was like, you know what? Let me wait a little bit. It's still 25 bucks. I have so much other crap to play right now. Let me just wait. Sure enough, two days later, it got leaked that... Yakuza Like a Dragon was going to be one of the free games of the month. So, uh, wow. Yeah, it's just to me it's a really bad look when Sony continually discounts games that never get discounts and then instantly makes them a part of their subscription service. It's like it's like a last ditch Hail Mary cash grab. And and I know that's exactly what it is. What what do you think about this? Have you noticed this or is this just a problem I have? I got to be honest with you, I've never personally noticed this, but I haven't been looking out for it. But now now that you say it, I I, I recall a lot of times, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners, where you're, you're absolutely right. You'll buy a game, and then one, maybe two months later, that sucker's free to play on the platform. It's a part of the PlayStation Plus. And you're probably right, I can't remember specific instances, the reason why I bought those games was probably because they were on sale. Likely, that's usually when I buy games, or at least most of the time, unless it's, you know, some huge new game, which never is a part of the PS Plus service. So now that you're saying it, I'm going to have to think a little bit more on it because I know I've had that happen to me multiple times. I don't know if the games were on sale, though. So it's something that I'm going to personally look out for now because you've you've piqued my curiosity here, so to speak, here, because I've, I've really never noticed it, but... As you said it, I know for a fact it's happened to me. It, it, I, like it's it's one of those weird things. I can't think of specific instances, but right. it's like I know, you know, how upset you can get when that, you know, when it happens. Yeah. And it does sound like a cash grab. You're absolutely right. I'll give you another example. Ghost of Tsushima. I talked about this on the podcast already. I bought the upgrade finally. <laughs> I waited like six months and I, I finally caved because it went on sale. It was like $10 cheaper. And it's just a matter of principle for me at that point when it's an upgrade. Like <laughs> the difference between 25 and 30 bucks, I think it was $5 cheaper. I said 10, whatever. Anyway, I bought it literally the next day. 
they announced that Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut was going to be on PlayStation Extra tier. I, like, and I can't make this stuff up. I, I was looking for four months for the game to be on sale. And it was, I think it was on sale one time, but I missed the, I like missed it. I didn't get it. And then the, the next time it went on sale was four months later, right before they, they made that announcement. So, you know, it's whatever it, it's, it's an angle. I definitely think it's an angle by Sony, but, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let it slide. Cause we got some big, big things to talk about and some big things coming up. First of all, Spider-Man PC. We talked about it last time. This game looks like like we already said. The definitive version is going to be on the PC. I don't have any desire to play play a game on ultra wide, but if I did, this would be the game. Playing Spider-Man PC on ultra wide 60 FPS just <laughs> there's something that I bet is just truly magical about that because the city is very lived in and very real. But so so uh not to harp on that for too long, but but here, here's the announcement. Marvel Spider-Man PC is Steam Deck verified. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Steam Deck is, it is Valve's uh, handheld console. And it, it plays Steam games. Like, leg- it plays Days Gone. It plays Spider-Man Remastered, apparently. It plays, like, like PS5 caliber games now it's not obviously going to be the same quality but just the fact that it's running these games is it's it's unreal and i haven't gotten my hands on a steam deck yet but i know Vinny is also excited about the steam deck so i'm gonna let him talk about it for a little bit this is not in our realm per se so i don't want to spend too much time with it but i just think it's important to uh sort of cover the handheld world because we don't have a vita anymore we have this thing this steam deck thing and we have the backbone one which is sort of related so Vinny, i'm gonna toss it to you and uh just just what do you got there's a there's a lot to talk about with this topic because i think the steam deck is going to be revolutionary revolutionary for the industry as a whole and by extension the Steam Deck is, just by nature of what, of what it is, our next Sony handheld. It's our next Vita. It is a Sony handheld. It plays Sony games. And I'm telling you, man, this is a huge deal. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it still exactly what this means for PlayStation. But this is a way for them to enter the handheld market. It's really bizarre because there's a lot of different ways that this can go. I think what we're going to see in the coming years, we're going to see companies like Sony, obviously Microsoft as well. We're going to see some kind of huge deal with Steam, with Valve at some point, probably very soon, I would say within the next year. Now, do I think that's going to be an acquisition? I don't. I think that Steam and Valve probably wants to remain independent. And have that have the ability to release both Microsoft games and PlayStation games on their handheld. But dude, this is huge. I think this is really big. It's big for Sony. Because you said it, man. God of War is verified on this thing. Horizon Forbidden or not Forbidden West, excuse me. Horizon Zero Dawn is Steam Deck verified. And I've personally I've watched videos on YouTube. These games run shockingly well. 
like a like a locked 30 fps which i know i'm the 60 fps guy but if it's in handheld form and i'm seeing games that look like this playing at 30 fps locked dude this is this is it and and like you said we don't have a vita anymore so that's what I'm I I guess what I'm saying is this is effectively Sony's next handheld. It's going to be very interesting to see what this is going to look like going forward. I can't wait. What kinds of partnerships are we going to see here? Because we talked we've been talking about it on this podcast all the time. Sony wants to enter that PC market. This is a huge huge deal because the Steam Deck is effectively a PC. And one of the problems that Sony had with the Vita was third-party uh, games coming to the platform, as well as investing internally into uh, first-party games. So here's a way for Sony: not only do we have to, we don't have to use our talent on you know Vita-style games or less-powered hardware, because the Steam Deck is effectively a PC. You just keep continue to do these PC ports of your games, and dude. This thing's really big. I I don't know. Do you think this is as big as I think it is? Because I really firmly believe this is like going to be a revolutionary device. We're going to see future iterations of the Steam Deck every year, probably every other year. It's going to continuously just upgrade and upgrade and upgrade, and it's going to maintain and keep up with these consoles. So I think we're looking at the next Sony handheld here, man. This is it. I, I think this is it. Remember they tried the uh, the Steam Box, I believe it was called. Yes. Yeah, it was like kind of a gaming disaster PC slash console hybrid. What a recovery here! Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, the Steam Deck is. Yes. It's it's it's. Uh, I agree with you. It's a big deal. I, I I really like your take though that the Steam Deck is effectively the next PlayStation handheld. That's an interesting take, and I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're you're kind of right. I mean, you can play, like you said, PlayStation games in handheld on this device. So the only thing that concerns me, though, is I don't think that there's trophies. A- am I correct in saying that? I, I don't know no, for a fact. No, this won't have, yeah, this yeah. won't have trophies at all, no. So. It's a good point. Yeah, so Sony's getting more creative, and that's not the end of the world, but I mean, for some people it might be, for especially for trophy hunters who take their trophy score very seriously. But, you know, the, the point here is Sony is, is coming up with creative ways to sort of extend their reach. And again, J- Jim Ryan, say what you want about him. I, I have my own criticisms of Jim Ryan, but he is doing a good job here if he has anything to do with this. Uh, which I'm sure he does, of extending that reach and 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 trying new things, trying different things, really competing with the the uh, other players in in this gaming world in new and interesting ways. Sony is is not just a console maker anymore. They're a publisher, and that's what we're seeing here. Not that they weren't a publisher before. But you understand what I'm saying. They're they're also a publisher. They're not just a console. It, it, it's it's a it's it's a new look for them, and it's it's a very interesting time. It really is. We haven't seen this before. It, now we see a Sony that is bridging the gap between PC and PlayStation. 
We have other things like this Backbone One that we're about to get into where they are, like I said, trying different approaches. So this is my question to you. The Backbone One, just to introduce it, is a, it's $99.99 and a third party makes it. It is a handheld controller that wraps around your phone or mobile device and it turns it into a handheld console that can stream games on remote play and I'm assuming on PlayStation Now or the equivalent of PlayStation Now, which is just under the PlayStation Plus umbrella. So what is their reason reasoning for licensing this product because it's officially Sony licensed? Why would they license this product if the Steam Deck is quote unquote their handheld market now? I just want to want to throw that to you. I think they could both coexist. I don't think that they're directly competing with one another. I think they're entirely different products. Something like the Steam Deck is far more catered to the hardcore gaming market. You can't even buy you can't buy the Steam Deck at a Walmart. You can't buy a Steam Deck at, you know, Best Buy. The only way to do it is through the Valve website. And that's that's going to be the way that it's going, you know, it's going to be that way going forward. I'd be shocked if we saw it in stores. And the mobile market is way bigger than what you're going to see in a Steam Deck market. So I think that they both can coexist at the same time. I don't think they're directly competing with one another because I don't think that they're catered to the same uh, audience. I think they're totally different audiences. Like someone like me, you know, I, I personally don't have interest in the, what is it called? The backbone one, right? Yeah. The Backbone One, I personally don't have interest in the Backbone One. I'm sure a lot of gamers do, but I just don't think that that's a direct hit on the Steam Deck market. We've talked about streaming games and how we're not quite there yet. Now, I do think that mobile streaming is probably, actually it is way better because of the smaller screen. You don't have as many pixels that you have to stream, things like that. There might be streaming issues with the, with the depending on your phone. But I think the Steam Deck is more catered towards a hardcore, you know, gaming audience. Do you not agree with me there? I, I mean, I don't think that I think they can coexist perfectly. Um, and Sony's probably trying out a few different things. And like I said, I don't think any sort of deal with Valve has been struck. The Steam Deck's still really new. Sony's probably a little bit uh, not hesitant, but, you know, kind of watching from afar, so to speak, to see how the Steam Deck actually did. And I think it's starting to reach that point where they're realizing this thing's going to be huge. Um, but I don't think that's du directly in competition to the backbone, uh, you know, the backbone one that they're, that they're releasing. Yeah. I think, think, uh, that that's a good answer. I, I think that's a really good answer. Actually. I, I think they quite possibly could coexist and, and I could see the different applications for each device, you know, um, the backbone one seems like something that is more casual, like I said, it's remote play, and we talked about remote play in that PS5 podcast that we we did a week ago, where we pretty much said, well, I did, that it's it's more casual, and you, you're not going to play a Twitch action game on remote play, so, you know, if I'm playing something turn-based, maybe I go with a remote play backbone one, because I want to go to the bathroom and play PlayStation. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. What, hey, let me ask you this real quick. 
What do you think? What do you think of the Backbone One? What do What do you think about it as a product? It's ninety nine dollars. I think we we I I pulled it up. It's a hundred dollars. What do you think of that value? Do you think the value is there for this Backbone One? What do you think? I'd have to get my hands on it to be perfectly honest with you, because at first glance, it looks like, you know, it turns your PlayStation. I mean, it turns your phone into a PlayStation handheld. So that's cool. Um, but I don't know how the buttons feel. I don't know how it's going to feel in my hand. I don't know, you know, if my phone is compatible with it. I, I don't like the whole idea of turning your phone into a console. I've never really like jived with that idea. I just think my phone is my phone. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't want to turn my phone into a console and then unturn it. And because like there's a lot of you have to plug it in and plug it out. And it's just I want I'd rather have a Vita and a phone, you know, but I, I, I understand it. I get it. My and, and, and I hope I answered your question. But I mean, my whole reason for bringing this up is more about what Sony's end goal here. Why would they officially like, like, you got to see the box for this thing. It looks like the box of a PlayStation 5 controller, like a DualSense box. It's like comes in the yeah. same packaging sort of a, a deal. It why, why would they license this product? Again, it's a third party, but it's Sony license. They're putting their stamp of approval on it saying you should use this with, in tandem with your PlayStation and our services. Why would they do that? Uh... Is it just like a quick way to get into the handheld market again since they killed the Vita? I mean, that that's, I guess that's, that's the angle. I guess I answered my own question. What, what do you think? It's interesting, man, because when, when I first saw this, I had zero interest in this product. I'll be totally honest with you. It did not speak to me personally, but as I'm reading more into it, as you're talking about it, and I'm, I'm watching a video right now on it and I kind of want one. I'll be honest with you. Now, I think this is probably going to be worth it if you have, let's say, I don't know, what's the latest iPhone that came out? An iPhone 13 Pro X, whatever that thing is, right? I think if you have a really high-end phone and a good internet connection at home, I don't know, man. That'd be pretty cool to and you brought up playing games on the toilet. I was Who just doesn't like that. doing that? That sounds you that you said that earlier, and now I'm thinking it in my head like, you know, that actually sounds kind of nice. I was literally going to say, this is because I said going to the bathroom and playing. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> but he's like, it might be worth $100. Everyone's dream. <laughs> it's everyone's dream. Now, my concern is how the games will run, but that's not, you know, that's not directly related to the backbone, to the backbone one. That's entirely dependent on your phone and your Wi-Fi. But... I don't know, man. Maybe I do want one of these things now that you've mentioned it. Now I can, you know, there's, there's a big difference between handheld gaming and right. console gaming, obviously. Right. But a lot of people say that's only for travel. Like handheld gaming is mainly for traveling. I don't necessarily agree with that. I have my switch. I play my switch so much. I don't travel at all. I play it on my right. couch and having that ability to go to your couch, go to your bed, back and forth dude there's just something special about being able to do that to you know move it around like you said go on the toilet play a game and then walk <laughs> to your kitchen maybe i want a change of scenery it really is something different you know what yeah, i you mean you want to change of scenery it's, you want to go different. to the bathroom and play you want to change the scenery yeah you want to <laughs> you want to take a shit I, I mean i hate to say that but yeah it's true though 
we're, we're I, gonna I, keep it real on the PS4 podcast. Listen, yeah. we're not we're not gonna sugarcoat it. Okay, I'm we want to we want to poop and the, play video yeah. games. Like who does? There's no shame in that. Let's be honest. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're 100 percent right. I mean, we were kind of you know bouncing around it and didn't want to say it. Nobody wanted to explicitly say it, but I'm happy you went and pushed us there because it needed yeah. to be said. But it's dude, it's. I'm interested to see what the community feedback is on this thing, because as we talked about it and as we brought up predicaments that can come up when you're playing video games, it would be nice to go to different rooms, to different rooms. I'm just it'd be nice to go about, to different rooms yeah, and play from, a PlayStation game. I'm thinking about unlocking a platinum trophy while I'm taking a dump. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a super intense game, yeah. Like, like it'd be very. It would have to be very specific circumstances, though. It'd have to be the perfect game, you know. Oh <laughs> so my god! It's... If you're still listening to this podcast, and by the way, I'm not editing any of this out because this is gold. Oh my goodness! Uh, oh boy! We appreciate you if you're still here after all. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm interested to see what the community thinks about this thing. I really am. I don't want to hear about what the community does on their own private time with their backbone. Uh, Well, not. Yeah. (laughs) Backbone one. Why is it called the backbone one? I I don't know, man. I'm assuming there's going to be a backbone two, backbone three. Who knows? Xbox started saying one at the end of all their consoles and and people are catching on to it. So (laughs) moving away from this topic, because... (laughs) I'm just like, I just want to be off this topic now. <laughs> we got some PlayStation Plus games for August, okay? We got we got some PlayStation Plus games for August. We got Yakuza Like a Dragon, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, and Little Nightmares. All three of these games, uh, you should have had a couple weeks to get them by now. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably the 14th-ish. But, you know, we're a little late to the party, but better late than never. We have... Three really high quality games. Vinny, what do you have to have to say about the lineup for August? I don't think there's ever been a time, I'm trying to think, where now since they started releasing three games instead of two. I know they went from two, then they started doing three a few years back, where they released three games, all of which I'm interested in playing. All of which I've never played. I have never played Yakuza. Never played the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake, which I've only heard amazing things about. And Little Nightmares, I've heard nothing but good things about that game. I have interest in all three of these games. I Like, genuinely, genuine interest. I've added all three to my library, and the first one that I've downloaded is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I haven't played it yet, haven't had the time, but what a lineup. This is a great lineup I compared so to previous months. Yeah. It is really strong. And we These are we, really good games. Yeah, we talked about this too. Remember we said, what are these PlayStation Plus games going to look, the monthly games, what are they going to look like? Because they're giving away mm-hmm. so much stuff for free. And and I, I think you agreed with me. I kind of said, I, they're probably not going to be good. And I have to say, I think I was wrong, at least for now. Because the August, I agree with you, the yeah. August the August month has three great games. Little Nightmares, I played maybe a level and a half, two levels, and it, it, I just wasn't into it at the time. It didn't really grab me, but there's no denying the, the quality of the game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, I played it, beat it, love it. It's Did you play the original ones as a kid? I don't know if we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played the originals. I just haven't come around, come around on the remakes yet. 
though, yeah, though those games were I I I played the demo of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, and they give you the warehouse. Remember the warehouse and the first Tony Hawk? Yes. I I must have played it four thousand times. It's the demo, and it's, they they give you the whole level. You can do a two minute run, and I, I played it literally like four thousand times. I I mean we've already talked about it a number of times on the podcast. I love skateboarding games. It was a big part of my childhood, and wow! I when you told me that they weren't they canceled three and four remake, I I couldn't really show it because we were recording, but I was like crying on the inside because I didn't know that it had gotten canceled. It's an awesome game. And and Yakuza Like a Dragon, it's my main game right now by complete accident. I downloaded it, checked it out for a little bit, and I'll be honest with you, the story is so ridiculous, but it's so well-paced and so well-written that I can't put it down. Like, the gameplay's good, but the story is, like, what's really keeping me going. It's it's almost like a soap opera-esque, but not in a... I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's... It, it's it's a lovely game. I, I am really enjoying Yakuza Like a Dragon. As a matter of fact, I, I cannot wait to finish recording so I can go play it. That's and, and I haven't been that way with a game for a while. We've been talking. I've been bouncing back and forth for from all these different games. We got a library of games and it was it was hard to settle on one. And this one really grabbed me. So great lineup. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely checking out Yakuza because I've heard nothing but amazing things from it. And I, I'm like you, and I know it's turn-based, right? Yes. Yakuza Like a Dragon? Yeah. yeah, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. It's kind of something that you can relax, so to speak, like you're not... Yeah, you could take you know, your, your backbone yeah. one. You could go in any room in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever room that may be. Yeah. <laughs> Unnamed room. Oh, my God. Lord, help us. Okay, the next topic we have... <laughs> Is Hogwarts Legacy? There's there's a Game V, which is a, a channel that that we've gone to before uh, on YouTube. Uh, they put together a compilation of sort of new and old gameplay of Hogwarts Legacy. So I wanted to talk about it because this is something that sort of got on the back burner on the channel, and I had wanted to talk about it several times. But we just for some reason we just never really fit it into our episodes. So. Vinny, why don't you tell me what you thought of Hogwarts Legacy when you first saw it, and then how do you feel about the new gameplay that's coming out? Give me your impressions of, of what you're seeing. Does this game look like something you want to play? 100%. I honestly cannot wait to play this game. Every time that I've seen actual gameplay since that original showcase that they had a few months back where they took a deep dive, like a, I think it was like a 16 minute, you know, 20 minute deep dive that they did into Hogwarts Legacy, it almost looked too good to be true in a way. And this eight minutes that came out looks the exact same. It just looks too good to be true. Like there's no way this can be as good as it looks. Now, a lot of that is from my own experiences with Harry Potter games. I don't think I've ever played a Harry... Now, there was one on PlayStation 1. I think it was the... What was it? I think you've played it as well, right? The Chamber uh, of Sorcerer Secrets. Stone. or The the Sorcerer's Stone back in the old PS1 days was yeah. amazing. But yeah. obviously, maybe not have aged well. But, dude, this looks really good. Like, yeah. like I might pre... I, I don't... I'm not a big believer in pre-ordering, but... 
this might have won a pre-order from me. It really might have. It's single player. It's I'm a little worried about live service elements or microtransaction elements that might be present in this. Harry Potter is a huge IP. It would only be natural for sort of the corporate entity here to kind of be licking their chops, so to speak, of outfits, things like that. Now, if it's just, you know, there's going to be microtransactions. It's just a matter of what are they going to be? That's that's where my fear is right now, because what we're seeing here, dude, this looks amazing. Like, it looks like it might be, we're talking like 9, 10 out of 10. Like, it really, really does. Graphically looks stunning. The The way that the, the wand works, like, casting spells looks really cool. The particle effects are really impressive. It just, it's almost too good to be true. I'm, like, very hesitant to get excited about this game. But it's hard not to when you watch these gameplay videos because it looks honestly so good. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. This has jumped up my board of wow. my most anticipated games, dude. I and I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Like I okay. I I I think I had mentioned this to you a while back, but I had just binge watched all the Harry Potter movies for the first time like a year ago or maybe it was around last December and they're amazing. They're amazing movies. So, dude, this looks awesome. Am I alone here? You're, you you got to be excited for this. I'm not quite as high on this game as you are. I think that really, yeah, I, I I think it looks good. It it has the appearance of a triple A, um, sort of the 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 trailer and the gameplay that has come out for it. It, it looks awesome. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say it doesn't. I just don't see any, um, and and maybe I've I've missed this. Maybe they have shown it, but I I don't see anything hooking me hooking me in as far as the story and as far as like like a like a through line something that's really keeping the game fresh and and keeping me going it, it, it i see a lot of good set pieces i see a lot of good action that's all fine and dandy but i don't see anything different as far as the the story is concerned and 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 sometimes you don't need that but i think in a harry potter game you do i really do I really think the story's sort of a, a, a big factor here, and uh, you know, getting sorted into which which house you're going to be in, and uh, let's see if it all comes together. But I, I, I'm a little bit more skeptical, I think, than you are. I, I think you say nine or a ten. I'm thinking more of a seven or an eight. I, I, I think seven is probably the floor for this game, though. I don't think it'll be worse than that. But I think I only think the ceiling is is an eight here. It, it 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 looks good. I just I'm not as as high on it as as I think you are. Um, do you know any any history about the the developer Avalanche Software? Because I, I just looked them up just to make sure that I had the right Avalanche Software, and I and I think I do. But do you know like their last game? No, what's that? Their last game was Cars Three: Driven to Win. Oh boy, <laughs> which is a Disney Pixar oh, game. Oh jeez. Yeah. So. But but they're wow. they're most well known at least in the 21st century for the Disney Infinity games. So, uh, okay, okay, yeah, they made Disney Infinity one, two, and three. The games sort of, you know, had mixed reviews. They came with the action figures and stuff. I thought they they looked kind of cool actually. I never played it, but you know, um, 
that's sort of their lineage. And then they 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 also made the Tack and the Power of Juju games, which I never played, um, but I I know pretty well. I I know of them. Um, and then you know some some stuff in the in the mid to late nineties. But yeah, it, we're we're dealing with a a developer that you know it, it seems like they made more kid oriented games uh for a younger audience and this game seems a little bit more mature than that so we're gonna see how that translates again visually they got some some really good graphic design chops they are or or, uh you know cgi however whatever the proper phrasing is they, they they know how to make graphic games look graphically stunning uh so it'll be interesting. I mean, it, go ahead. I was just going to build off that. One of the things that I'm thinking of here is this kind of looks like Batman Arkham meets Harry Potter in a weird way. If you actually okay. look at the gameplay, the fighting elements here, which to me sounds amazing. Like you can kind of like if you actually watch when there's multiple when you're fighting multiple people in this video it kind of reminds me of that Batman Arkham fight fighting mechanics, so to speak. I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm excited. I, I really am. I, I'm way more high on this game than I think you are. But, man, going from Cars 3 to this, that's <laughs> leaps and ba- This is like leaps and bounds. I know. Beyond what that... What, I, I, don't even, I don't even have to see Cars 3. Right. I've never seen the gameplay from that game, but I can imagine this is... It's interesting. I bet you it can't just be them, or they had to have hired a ton of people. I bet you WB is helping them in every way possible to right. make this game special. Yeah. So I mean, it's, that's my hope at least. Vinny, before we move on, I just wanted to say one other thing. You are very fast and loose with your comparisons to Batman Arkham <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> you, you love, I am. I am. You just think everything yes. is like Batman Arkham. I don't understand, but you know what? We'll save that for another day. Uh, this game reminds me of Batman <laughs> Arkham, by the way. <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> okay, let me... I, I think this topic deserves an explanation, okay? The Avengers. What do we think about when we think about the Avengers? We think live service. We think failure. We think free-to-play because it, I think it became... I don't know if it became free-to-play or it was heavily discounted or something, but they, they were like... They pretty much abandoned the game. You know, uh, or so I thought. It turns out they're still updating the game and they're still adding content to it, or at least it seems that way from from what I've gathered. Um, but it, it was a commercial failure and it was a critical failure. And I have to say this. The Avengers single player game is really, really good. Oh boy, here we go. It, 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 <laughs> listen. You've played Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Eidos Montreal yes. helped out with this game. I don't know to what extent, but you take Guardians of the Galaxy, you make the combat a little bit better, but you take that the delivery of the story, and you have Marvel's The Avengers. If they stripped away all the live service elements from this game, pitched it as a single-player-only game, got rid of all the loot systems and all that BS and got rid of any microtransactions that you see, 
this game would have been very well received, I am telling you. And so I started doing some research. And when I did research, what I found was, because I had literally zero desire to play this game when I saw it. I was like, this looks like crap. And I didn't look at any reviews because I already knew I didn't want to play it. I had already made that decision. But when I went back and I looked at some reviews for this game, they were all saying the same thing. Hey, the single player is really good. If, if it was just single player, this game would be, be very good. But it's not. It tried to be something else. But I, Vinny, I need you to play this game. I know that sounds ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Really? I, I need you to play the Avengers. Play it for an hour and tell me it's not good. And then then we can drop it. We can drop the whole conversation. But I, I downloaded it because it was on... And, and this is the one benefit of PlayStation Plus Extra and beyond. It, it it gives you exposure to games that you never thought you would play. And and I was talking about bouncing around from game to game. And this is a game that I settled on. Like, I didn't play it for an hour. I, I'm probably halfway through the story mode right now. It's really good. Wow. Like... Wow. Yeah, like shockingly good. Like, the game had gotten such a bad rap that I was, you know... I downloaded it, like I said. It came to the extra tier. I downloaded it to make fun of it. That's literally the the only reason I downloaded it. <laughs> I was like, I need, I, I just need to see for myself. I was like, I got to see how bad this game is. I, uh, I remember saying on the podcast something along the lines of, you know, I'm not really an MCU guy, but if I was, I would want to take a bite into that content through a video game sphere rather than movie uh, sphere because... It, it's just more palatable for me. And so I wanted to back that up as well. So I downloaded the game. I knew there was a single player. I'm shocked, man. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm shocked. It's it's like, it's very good. Like, it's not okay. It's not like, uh, you know, just fun, you know, guilt-free fun that you play when you're just bored. It it's It's good. Like, it's really good. And I'm a I'm wow. I'm running in circles here. I'm repeating myself. I can't really say why I like it because I don't want to spoil it for you. But let let's just say this: it does an awesome job of setting up this world and introducing you to each Avenger along the way. And the combat is a it's a blast. Like you need to play this. You need you need to play at least the introduction to this game by by next next time we record. It's not a four-year consideration or anything, but I just I need you to take a look at this game because I I, I need to know if I'm crazy or not. Okay, I'll do it just for you, Anthony, because I'm I'm thinking to myself, I've only heard negative things about this game, but to your point, whenever I hear negative things about this game, it's always about the live service elements. I've never really even heard anybody talk about the actual single player campaign. I don't think personally, and. That's really funny that you bring this up, though, because I think maybe this game came out at a point in time where gamers, myself included, I'm sure yourself included, were a little bit more sensitive or uh, just get really, really skeptical of the word live service games as a service. Right. And that's what this game was being touted as. Right. This was at a point where Anthem was just coming out and right. it was terrible. And there were all these other live service games coming out and it was really, uh, luckily I think we've reached a turning point here a little bit where we're not seeing nearly as many. And maybe that was kind of 
overblown or not. I don't want to say overblown, but that's the only thing that you heard about this game. Because you're right, that's the only thing that I've heard is how greedy it is, how over the top the microtransactions are, how ridiculous it is, and you never hear a thing about the actual gameplay. So it's interesting that you say that. And it's funny that, yeah, you're right, I, this game was like $3 at one point on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. I'm like 99% certain it was like $2.50, something ridiculously low. Yeah, they couldn't get rid of it. They're just trying to get it into people's hands. Oh, that is, that's funny though, man. I'll have to check it out. I'm actually curious about it now because... I. I... That, that, that gets me excited. I mean, I could go for a little superhero game. I, I that, wouldn't that sounds have, good to me. Yeah, I wouldn't have put it on the podcast if it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Like, I am I'm at a loss for words, as you can see. It, it's, it's really good. Now, I don't want to hype it up to the point where you're, like, expecting Uncharted 4 or something. It's not, like, that good of a single-player game. But it's just, like, the bar was set so low for me that I was just so pleasantly surprised and and it's a real bummer because we're not going to get any more of this, you know, it's over. It's, 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 it's over. The guardian oh, of the yeah. galaxy game yeah. didn't even sell that well. I don't think. And that game was great. If, if you liked that, this is more of that with a little less, um, what's the word? You're not getting a deep dive in, into one character's sort of world and psyche it's more of an overarching sort of exposure to all these different superheroes told through the lens of miss marvel who is awesome she is an awesome main character um so just check it out and and report back um we do go ahead sorry anthony i don't mean to cut you off there but we do have one more coming down the pipeline that would be the Suicide Squad game from Rock, Rocksteady. Oh, yeah. So that is coming down. That's coming down the pipeline a little bit here. Yeah, and Midnight Suns. I don't think Suns, that's going to be live service, though. Midnight Suns. That's a game that I, I can't wait for. So what I mean Midnight is... Midnight Suns, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what I'm saying is Eidos Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, those studios, Square, the Square, th- those types of games, are they're over. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those, those games Absolutely. are over. Um, that's all I meant. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. The next topic we have is the new PlayStation 5 update. So we're going to get 1440p support and game lists. And this comes directly from blog.playstation.com. The new update will include 1440p HDMI video output, which, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure is like 2K resolution. Uh, so you're going to get that in the in the beta, and then they'll eventually release it for the full ps5 upgrade uh support for 1440 hdmi video output enabling players to choose an additional visual setting on compatible pc monitors and tvs if the game you're playing supports 1440p rendering you can experience native 1440p output on your display so they just pretty much repeat themselves over and over so 1440p that's a thing this is a little bit more exciting and this is a feature that i forgot to mention on our podcast a couple times ago that I really wish I had is the games list feature, which is sort of like the folders on PlayStation four. So from blog.playstation, they say in your game library, you can now create game lists, which make organizing your games even easier to start, go to the, your collection tab and select, create game list, choose games to add to your game list, then decide what to name it. So you can name it single player games, multiplayer games, blah, blah, blah. Same thing as folders. They say you can have up to 15 games lists, and 100 games per game list. 
I don't know what sort of a hard drive you're going to have to have to have 1,500 <laughs> games, <laughs> but okay. All games under the Your Collection tab of your game library can be added to a game list, including disc, digital, and streaming titles. Okay, there's your answer. You can also add the same game to multiple game lists. Uh, okay, so do you have anything to say about that? Just sort of a morning announcement type deal right here with this. I thought it was a cool feature they added. It's funny that you you say that the, the games list to you was the bigger feature here. To me, it's the 1440p support. I mean, I've been waiting for this forever. And I'll be honest with you. I think from a 1440p monitor is typically like a 24-inch, 27-inch PC monitor. And those are usually for kind of like hardcore gamers, like people that like, you know, are, are playing FPS shooters or not, not necessarily hardcore gamers, but, you know, typically people playing multiplayer games, the jump from 1440p on to 4k on a 24 inch monitor is very minimal. Like it's very, is not going to be something that you're going to be blown away with. And 1440p monitors are way cheaper right now than a 4k monitor. So for me personally, cause you know, I've been in the market for an upcoming gaming monitor and one thing that's always pissed me off about Sony is they don't they didn't support 1440p. And I got to be honest, now I can actually go on the market and look for 1440p monitors. So that's one thing that that was the big thing for me. You know, I, I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of people are excited about that as well. I think there's a lot of it's a lot of 1440p monitors out there, Anthony, that you're not, uh, you know, you're not thinking about out there. Let me make let me let me make sure I have this right. So in the past, if if before this update, if you had a. 1440p monitor, you couldn't display anything at 4K, obviously, because the PlayStation, your monitor wouldn't support it. So you would have to go all the way down to 1080p. Is that sort of what we're seeing here? Yes. Yeah, That that's what's been happening on every 1440p monitor. Okay. Nothing was supported on PS5. Yeah, that's so a big deal. So now, you know, yeah, now gamers can go out buy a 1440p monitor for 300 bucks with the same exact specs, except it's not 4K, whereas the 4K monitor is going to cost you, sit you back almost $1,000. So that's a pretty massive, you know, price decrease there. So I'm excited about it, man. It's It's been a long time coming. I could not believe that this was not a thing. You know, it's hard to believe that they didn't release it with 1440p. I, I It's shocking to me. And now I'm probably going to get a 1440p monitor, I'll be honest with you, instead of the 4K one. So just, just uh, one more point of clarification. There is no performance upgrade here, right? Like going from 4K to 2K, which is, you know, what we're calling 1440p pretty much. It, it, is that, are developers willing to work with you there? Because obviously the resolution is coming down. So the tangibly the performance could come up, but I, I guess it's, it's possible. I would imagine it's locked across regardless of what you're playing on because you know you could play horizon on your 4k tv bring it into your room and play it on your 1080p tv it's going to run the exact same it's not there's not going to be some sort of performance boost there yeah but that's not true that's that's because if 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 you have a 1080p tv and you're playing horizon forbidden west you're going to go automatically into performance mode because you can't even display the resolution mode on your tv you know what i mean like so like this 2K territory could be a whole new avenue. It could, you know. I I, I just yeah. I don't know if the, the oh man, 
maybe Anthony, maybe this is the middle ground that we've been looking for. Fourteen forty p sixty. This is this might be it. I'm only messing around, but yeah. I think it's a huge deal, man. I really do, and I I'm very happy that they're doing it. Back to the games list. Let me tra- let me transition here a okay. little bit because. What are you going to use this feature? I personally never use the PS5 folders. I got to be honest with you. I don't, I don't play as many games. So what do you think? I'm happy to have it. I don't think I'm going to use it (laughs) to be perfectly honest with you. I'm just happy they have it in there Yeah. in case. Cause like sometimes I have games, like I, I actually did use it on my PS4 recently. Like I have like a category of games that are sort of, I have like a a rhythm game and a Tetris and a this and that. And it's just like chill games that I just want to play for like 10, 15 minutes just to like unload my mind. You know what I mean? And I I put those games in that category. There's like puzzle games. So it's not something I use a lot, but I was, I'm happy to have it. Does that make sense? Or does that sound crazy? No, it makes sense. It's nice to have. I think you're right. And I think now maybe I will actually use it. Now that I'm thinking about it with the new tier service, it's probably more valuable. You know, we're going to have access to way more games. Right. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I think it's I think it's good that they have it in there. It's nice to have on the back of your mind. So that's good. I'll be interested to see. And uh, apologies if, if it's if they say this and I just can't find it. But I'll be interested to see if you can add games to the to your list that are not downloaded because I don't think you can do that on the PS4. It seems like you can because they say something about digital, physical, disc, and streamable games. So if that's the case, I would use that feature a lot because there's some games that I just plain forget about because my, my like catalog of games is so huge. It just gets buried. So if I could, and, and I have to, and once I delete it, I don't think about it. So that would, that would be kind of cool if games that are not actually on my hard drive can be on that list. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be interested to see if that's a if that's a thing. I agree. I think that'd be a cool feature. So another thing that it's just a, sort of a small update that Sony is making. They are retiring their accolades feature, which is just a huge bummer for me because I used accolades every day to give all my friends and family thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, yeah, this is sad because the sentiment behind accolades is to get rid of gaming toxicity, uh, sort of like, uh, I can't believe I'm about to make a League of Legends comparison, but League of Legends has like an honor system if you've ever played it. And PlayStation, I guess, took a page out of their book and tried to do something similar. Uh, Pretty much just, you know, give someone an accolade for how cool they and helpful they were in the game. This was something that came in, in, you know, a multiplayer game. This was something that came out, I believe at launch, this was a thing and they really tried to push it. I remember when they were pushing this, uh, obviously I don't play a lot of multiplayer games, so I can't really speak a lot on this. It, it seems like the sentiment was better than the execution of the actual idea. You attach like a, monetary value to this accolades feature if you really want to quote unquote get rid of gaming toxicity that's how you do it man in my opinion you you let me get 2000 accolades and i can get a $5 psn card which costs them nothing then maybe you see this feature becoming something that is actually usable vinny what do you think yeah some sort of incentives 
at some point gamers aren't gonna you know i think you you hit it right on the head man though that this is it was a good there was a good good intentions behind this but it just wasn't successful and i think you're right you have to have some sort of incentives to do these things and i'd never even heard about ps5 accolades until we discussed the you know what we were going to talk about today and I, I didn't even know this was a feature i don't even i didn't even know how to access this I don't even know how you do it. How would you even do it? Do I just press? Yeah, yeah that's I, surprising I, to me because you play a lot more multiplayer than I do, and I knew about the feature. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I just didn't really use it. But, well, it, it, what what we can gather from this that is a good thing is Sony's cutting the crap. They are just getting rid of the stuff that isn't being used, isn't working. We're not going to bog down your screen and we're not going to bog down your processing power with things that are just not usable or useful to you that's good that's a good sign in my opinion and that's the bigger takeaway here now if they want to yeah. you know sort of combine the playstation stars system with the accolade system that would be cool you know maybe you can actually give someone a star i don't know it's it's this is all new ground for me so we'll just have to monitor this situation as it sort of unfolds but i'm happy to see that they're cutting they're trimming the fat so to speak and in addition yeah, to that i agree there sony is also supposedly holding their playstation showcase in august so this is a rumor i, I pulled up an article from gamerant.com Quote, rumors suggest that Sony's biggest showcase of the year, simply called the PlayStation Showcase, will take place sometime this month, end quote. So, uh, again, this is just the rumor mill sort of going, and, and I'm going to try and find another quote from this article. But but while I do, Vinny, why don't you walk us through this PlayStation Showcase? How What do you want to see? Uh, is there something in particular that you're looking for? or And, and we already talked about how Sony dipped out of E3 and, and they're sort of kind of doing their own independent thing with the state of play. And then this is obviously bigger than that. Talk to me. What, what, how, how is this making you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I, number one, I think it's long overdue at this point. Sony wasn't present, you know, for the, the E3, they, they were present, but they didn't have a direct conference or anything like that. Um, so it's time. I think we're going to see God of War Ragnarok. I think that's the first thing that we're going to see. We're going to see some sort of long gameplay, of that or gameplay gameplay sequence of that find more out about it but i'm more interested to just see what is going to happen beyond this year and what sort of third party partnerships are we going to see with sony going forward what i mean by that is at this sort of post activision blizzard uh microsoft you know, acquisition world that we live in, where is Sony going to go for third parties, you know, partnerships? They had a huge partnership with Call of Duty. Call of Duty was always at these PlayStation events, you know, which, which funny enough was on Microsoft's side through the 360 era. And now we're with Sony. Now they're obviously going back to Microsoft. And I'm interested to see also, I'm assuming we're going to see some Square Enix games here. I would imagine I'm just I'm interested to see what we're going to see. Maybe potentially we're going to find out what Sucker Punch is working on. I what do you think we're going to see here, man? I'm I'm really curious. I think you're going to see because I think we're going to see a lot of third-party games. Go ahead. I I, I got to 
say I disagree with you there. This is the PlayStation sure. showcase. It's going to be God of War. It's going to be all God of War, in my opinion. Oh, so you don't think we're going to see anything else except for God of War? Wait, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being a little facetious there. I, I, I think there will be other stuff there, but I think this is the God of War show. The game comes out in November, oh, yeah. Vinny. Like, they, they need to start pumping people up for this game. I don't know. That's I yeah. unless God of War is well. That's good. what I was saying. I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I. I think we're going to see a long gameplay sequence of God of War. I think we both agree there. I think that's probably going to be the the end of the showcase. I just. I don't think this is going to be a God of War only. This is probably going to be a few third party titles. I think you're right though. I don't think we're going to see some sort of tease for, you know, Insomniac's next game or may, maybe we. This is this is not going to be E3 big though. This is probably going to be smaller third-party partnerships that they do. Maybe some indie games close out with God of War Ragnarok. Now, would I love to be pleasantly surprised by maybe a huge announcement? I don't think we're going to see it at this uh, here. I really don't. Uh, this is going to be more. I, I I think you're right. I think this is going to be more catered more towards God of War. That's what we're going to see here. Smaller other things, but you know. We'll, we'll see. I'm gonna make. We'll see. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna make a yeah, prediction. Good. I think we're gonna see a God of War VR game. Oh wow! You know it would be cool. Wow! You know it'd be really cool that I just thought of that. Like, how have we not thought of this? Um, a VR game where you play as Mimir on Kratos's hip. Oh my God! That would be hilarious. That would be so funny. Wow! That'd be cool. They could do a lot of things. They with could that do too. so There'd much. Be a with lot that. of creative ways that they could do it. Man, you need to send that idea to Sony. I know. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> that'd be cool. That would be very cool, though. I, 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 I'm trying to think of how that would even work. I mean, my mind goes all over the place, but uh, obviously, you wouldn't be able to look at your hands because you know, in VR world, you can always look at your right. hands. <laughs> so they would have to have some fun with that. I guess. I think that would be cool. Get some sort of robot armor. So I don't know. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. I don't think we're seeing a God of War VR game, though. I'd be shocked. But that's a good point, though. I do think we will see VR 2. We're going to see more VR 2. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to see more VR games. They need to start amping up VR. So I think think this is going to be a very business-driven thing for Sony, the showcase where they they need to create hype around God of War, their new uh, peripheral console, which is VR 2. So you're going to see a lot. You're going to see something. VR two related, and you're going to see something third. I mean, uh, excuse me, first party. I, I don't know if, if that's going to be God of War. I don't know if it's going to be Uncharted. I don't know if it's going to be The Last of Us. But you're going to see something first party in the VR landscape. They need to push this VR two. They've invested too much money in it. So if you don't see VR two make a big splash in this PlayStation showcase, I, I, then I don't even know why they're holding the event. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see if this if it actually happens though. Very interested. It has to though. Oh, it's happening. It's just a matter of, of when and sort of what, what mm-hmm. content we're we're actually gonna get. So I, I, I did some digging for this next topic and there is actually a sort of program called PlayStation Talents. And as far as I understand it, it's it's something that happens in Spain. And it, it, it seems to be an indie-driven showcase for a bunch of games on the PlayStation Store and, and just 
PS4, PS5 games that are coming out that are that are indie driven, that are independent games that need some extra little boost of support. So the one I wanted to talk about specifically today is called The Crown of Wu. On PlayStation's YouTube, there was an announcement trailer and we see some gameplay. This game's already out on Steam, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because we like to talk about Souls likes on this channel. And this looks like it could be promising. Uh, Vinny, did you happen to look at some of the gameplay I sent you for this? I did. I gotta say, man, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from this game. I think, you know what's one thing that stood out to me, funny enough? Uh, we talk a lot about these Soulsborne games. This game's rated E for everyone. I feel like every Soulsborne game is always rated M. Or is it just me? Am I wrong no, there? No, I, yeah. I, I mean... Interesting. So, funny enough, I just noticed that when I was kind of watching the trailer. I'm like, wow, like, interesting. Like, an opportunity for maybe younger people to experience these kinds of games. You know, which which I think is really interesting. But it looks really cool. It's It's also really beautiful for an indie game. I think it's very, you know, it looks really nice. It looks like it's going to be really hard also. Very Souls-like, like you said, but there's sort of what appears to be a kind of a puzzle element to it, almost like uh, Jedi Fallen Order had. There were some puzzles in there. This is actually a little bit more puzzle-heavy based on what I've seen. It looks really good, man, but that E for Everyone rating caught, kind of caught me off guard. That was the one thing that really stood out to me I'll be honest but this looks really cool I'm I'm glad that PlayStation is you know uh, doing this I think you know advertising these kinds of games and helping out so to speak it here it's worthwhile because this looks like it's gonna be really good he, here's the weird thing I I was watching sort of uh the PlayStation talents initiative hosted event called the moment and I was scrubbing through it and I was looking for this game and I saw another game that was called Wukong something. So for some reason, the tale of Wukong is just exploding right now. We have three Wukong games <laughs> right now. We have Black Myth Wukong. It's weird. You're right. We have the Crown right. of Wu, and we have this other one. I believe it's just called Wukong. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do some digging right now, but but I know it's in this video. It was it was at the very end. Uh, but but talk to me about the PlayStation talents specifically it's pretty much just showcasing spanish indie games uh this is something that playstation is so good at they really push these indie developers and indie titles and i love to see this because indie games need to stand out in order to get to that next level of production, in order to get to that next level of distribution. So they're always pushing the envelope and you're always seeing something good. And this is what we we always say, Sony and Microsoft, what separates them? Something like this separates them. Sony's involvement in the indie community. Not that Microsoft doesn't do it, but I've, I've been on both sides of the coin. PlayStation just does it better in my opinion. What, what, talk to me about that. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Sony definitely has a good eye for these types of games, for these uh, in particular. And one thing that it does is it associates the games with the PlayStation brand. Uh, and these games most of the time end up coming out on Xbox as well over time. But they have that sort of association with the PlayStation brand, which is all Sony wants. You know, a lot of these games, you'll look at them and say, that's a Sony game, like something like Stray. Right, Stray right now is only out. It's out on PC, but P 
people are looking at that game as a PlayStation game, right? So that sort of brand recognition or that brand sort of, uh, you know, relationship there, it's just, it's smart. And Sony's making really smart, small investments into these games. Like I said, Fall Guys is one of my favorite examples, but uh, Rocket League is another one. You know, those are huge games that blew up, but originated on the Sony platform. Uh, so they, they have a talent for this stuff, man. They really do. It's a very good point. And you're right. It definitely differentiates them from Microsoft in a lot of ways. Sony has a really high track record of finding these games that are just s- sensational. Not to say that this game is going to be sensational, but you're absolutely right that this is definitely one of Sony's strong suits. There's no question about it. And they're going to keep doing it, which is awesome. Identifying these smaller studios, forming these partnerships at the early, uh, you know, onset of games or, you know, at the early development stages of games that they identify as being potentially profitable or going to be very well received. Sony's really good at it, man. There's no question about it. I I couldn't agree more. uh, And I'm glad to see them doing it, you know, and for the foreseeable future. Uh, which is exciting. Yeah, you, you put that very well. They, they do have a good eye for finding this sort of indie talent. Uh, as far as this game, as, as it stands on its own, it, it I, I like that you have a jump. It seems like there's like a lot of platforming in it. And it seems like, as a matter of fact, like platforming and acrobatic puzzles seems to be a theme uh, that that almost sort of is 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 there more than more than combat is really because I, I don't know if you saw the other video I, I sent you but there's some more footage going around of this game on on the steam front because that's where it originated and yeah it looks like there's a lot of platforming involved uh i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but just re- really great great to see this sort of thing happening again for playstation this playstation talents thing is not something I was aware of until this trailer came out. Really, really cool. Um, I couldn't find the name of that third Wukong game, but I, I know I saw it. So Wukong is 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 becoming a video game idol right now and the next PlayStation mascot. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It really has blown up. There's no doubt about it. Very bizarre. <laughs> well, uh, as always, we like to end our podcast with for your consideration the segment of the show where we review a game that was suggested by the other person a couple weeks ago i suggested the game in the category bad games that we love i gave any of the game shenmue 2 it was remastered and stunning 8k hd for the playstation 4 (laughs) for the (laughs) slim price of six dollars no, I'm just kidding. They did like a remaster and the graphics barely even are different from the original game. <laughs> but anyway, it's a bad game that I love and we're going to get into that. But first, Vinny's going to get a new game in the topic wild card. So this is just any game you want me to play, Vinny. You have a week to figure it out. You're going to suggest a game to me next week. I'm going to suggest this game to you right now. Wild card. This is just a game I I need you to play. Psychonauts 2. Hmm, interesting. I've I've never played the first one. Is that going to be a problem? It it's not going to be a problem. It does take place right after the first one. Uh that game is amazing. The first game is is 
Interesting. I, I've played through it a ton. Uh, it, it's 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 a great game, but there's no remaster for it. There there is a PlayStation Classics version of it on PS2, but it's not. It holds up. I will say that if you if you find the time to play the first game, go back and play it. But for now, I would just watch like a summary video or something. You really don't need to play the first game though. This game, good is special. It it's special. Really? Yeah. Special. Yeah. Okay. So I've never even played. I've never seen anything on it. So I mean, I'll dive into it. Aren't you the one that says that platformers are your favorite genre? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Not necessarily. That's a 3D platformer, though, correct? Okay. Yeah. But not. So we shall see. It's kind of hard I'm to say. I'm a big 2D platformer fan, Anthony. I don't know. Now, I, I've i heard good things about it. I don't know a lot about it. Actually, I don't really know anything about I, I'm it, glad. to be honest with you. I, I do know that it was well-received critically, though, from what I remember. But I remembered also saying, eh, I never played the first one. What am I going to, you know, I don't want to dive into this. The less you know, I'm, the better. Okay. Unless you know I'll the better. I'm actually just I'm very excited for this one. Dive into the game. It's my, bound to be better. My one ca- a caveat. <laughs> I have one caveat. Yeah. You have to beat it. You have okay. to beat it. Oh man. You know what that takes for me. Yeah, I mean Well, listen, I will beat it if it's as special as you are describing it. Okay, great. Then you're going to beat okay. it. Okay. I will make I will make that promise to you. You have okay? to beat it. So if I find it to be a special, if, if we have to okay. defer it for another week or two, that so be it. But you, I need to get an all-encompassing review of this game. No more of this. Uh, wow. I played it for two hours and then gave up because spoiler alert: that's what happened with Shenmue too. Oh. But that I understand. I, I, I you can only tolerate so much yes. of Shenmue. I yes. understand. I was going to say if <laughs> if you expected me to play more than two hours of Shenmue, you are out of your mind. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm excited about yeah. it. I guess I can I hop right into my Shenmue two notes. I don't have a lot to say about it. I have some things to say about it, but yeah, this is more of an impressions. Let's just discuss the game. I only played it for two hours. We just, and this was my guilty pleasure game that Anthony gave me. His guilty pleasure was Shenmue two. Okay, and here are my notes for you, Anthony. I made some notes as I was playing the game, and I figured we could talk about them as I'm uh, as I'm. Uh, discussing it the first thing that i wrote down is i don't know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> then i wrote down this doesn't make any sense then i wrote down an hour later what am i doing then an hour after that i said this doesn't make any sense <laughs> this game i don't know what the fuck this game is and i still don't know what it is and i don't know if that's the point of the game is to confuse me i have no idea what i played no clue i have no idea where the game's going no idea. Okay. And I I would walk people through the, the, the game itself. I mean, it just seems like a bunch of ideas thrown together. First of all, I had never played Shenmue 1. The game just kind of throws you out. Like, I guess expects you to know the story of Shenmue 1 when it drops you into yeah. the... The start of but the I game off you, the boat. You get off the boat. Did you not look up? When did you tell me this? I said look up. Uh, no, <laughs> that probably made it way worse. I didn't look up anything on Shenmue One. I played this game. I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> is going on. I'm looking for someone. I'm like a detective, but I'm also the first thing the game does is it makes you give a tip to this guy that's playing the banjo. It's like give him money, don't give him money. <laughs> playing like, the banjo. He's, I don't think he's playing the banjo, but he's, I don't know. He's asking for money. The dude's asking for money. That's the first thing. And it's give tip. Don't give tip. I think this game is 
one of those games that look, I we may have a passionate Shenmue 2 fan base, and I think this game actually probably has a hardcore following. I can I can see why you would call this a guilty pleasure. Okay? There is charm to what I played. There is. Okay? Reminds me a little bit of Batman Arkham. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the fighting reminds me a little bit of Batman Arkham, but it actually does. The fighting mechanics actually do. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. It does, though. The fighting mechanics do. The game takes place in an open-world Hong Kong. The dialogue... <laughs> The dialogue is so bad. I've never. This is like Kingdom Hearts level dialogue bad. But it is. I don't even know what I played it. What did you put me through? I really have no fucking clue what I did. I played this game, dude. I played this game for two and a half hours. I still don't even know what I was doing. Listen, the first thing the game does, like I said, it makes you give a tip to some guy, give him money, give him money, yes or no. Like, okay, I gave the guy some money, then. You go talk to these other people. They're spewing nonsense. The 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 dialogue is so cringy. It's like awkward to listen to. It genuinely is awkward. And then then you go, you arm wrestle this guy <laughs> that's in like a fight club. Then this girl on this motorcycle. The, the town's completely empty. It's open world Hong Kong. The game's in open world Hong Kong. There's nobody on the streets. There's like four people on the street. This girl, Anthony, this game's all over the place. You got to walk me through what the hell I played because there's a lot of mini games, which I guess is cool. Now, let me say this because because I'm a, I'm a little all over the place at this game because this game is all over the place. OK, it's I'm hard crying. to wrap my mind around what I played. We talked about Death Stranding and how difficult it is to explain that game to someone. <laughs> this game might be the hardest game to explain what the hell I played because I don't even know what I played. I really don't. I have no clue. Okay, I talked about the dialogue being extremely cringy. That was my first note was this dialogue making me like feel uncomfortable to listen to. But there is that weird charm to the game. I don't know how to put my finger on it. Like I can see why you made this your guilty pleasure. Okay, there is elements of this game. I could tell that it was probably a little ahead of its time. I don't know when this game released, but it seems like it, you know, like it's, it's actually pretty well made for what it's worth. I could tell there were probably a lot of mechanics here that were new, things like that. I think that's why maybe people have a special place in their heart for this game. The story's a little all over the place, but it does have a a sort of charming element to it. You're almost playing this from what I've gathered. I can't understand what anybody... Let me just... I can't understand what I'm doing. (laughs) Let me help you out here a little bit. But you're kind of playing as a detective? Yeah. Am I playing as a detective? Is that what I was doing? I'm going to help you out here, okay? So if you're still listening, God bless you. But... (laughs) My goodness, what the hell did you put me through? I really don't know what I did. <laughs> if you if you're still listening, we 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 just want to say how much well I appreciate you. I know Vinny does too. I don't want to speak for him, but I yes. Know, yes, he does. Yes. I know he does. So this game came out in two thousand and one. Sounds about right. So yeah. so just just sort of like really remember where you were at in two thousand and one in your video game sort of mindset. Just, just remember. And that's it's that's a very good point, Anthony. It's very difficult to do that. Right. Okay? It's hard for me to play this game and not say, why does everybody talk like 
like a, a three, like it's like the dialogue is so cringy. Why is the dialogue so cringy? It's so uh, very Kingdom Hearts. It reminds me of Kingdom Hearts. So, you know, when we go back and we play Kingdom Hearts games and the dialogue's just like right. makes you kind but of grind your teeth sometimes. That's part of the charm. That was the key word that you said. This game has undeniable charm. It does. The more you it play does. it, the more you sort of get engrossed in the story and the world. I, you don't listen to me because I <laughs> promise you, I said, please look up a uh, recap of Shenmue 1. I promise you I said that. I will, I will get the receipt. I will hand you a hard copy of the receipt. I said it. I said, please. It, it, it ended up being funnier that you didn't play the first game because I'm just... I was going to say, it probably made it funnier because it I really had... It definitely did. Anthony, so, I could not believe what I... I had no here's, idea what, here's, what I was Here's doing. The, the, the sort of very, very, very dumbed down version of, of the story of the first game. And uh, I didn't even beat the first game, but I literally got an Xbox... To play Shenmue 2. I got the original Xbox to play Shenmue 2. That's how obsessed I was. Because I played the first game on my cousin's Dreamcast. And I like fell in love with it. Because it was just so... I felt like I was actually in this world. It was the first time I played something like that was a simulation sort of a game. And it blew my mind. So I made, I made my mom get me an Xbox, well, Santa at the time, get me an Xbox for Christmas so I could play Shenmue 2. So that's a little bit of my backstory with this, with this game. I, I played through it probably 10 times. I loved it when I was little. Wow. Yeah. It, but again, 2001, I was eight years old. You know? So anyway, Shenmue 2, it opens with your father getting killed by Landy and... You spend the whole first game trying to find Landy, and it eventually leads you to Hong Kong. That's just like the short version of it. But your father dies. You have this thing called the the Phoenix Mirror, and you take you take the Phoenix Mirror with you, and you go to Hong Kong, and you're looking for this guy that you got a letter from. He's like a martial art, like arts like master, and you're trying to find him so you can find Landy. I guess because you want to kill him. They're not really like super clear about it, but they they all they use the word revenge over and over again. So like the assumption is you want to kill this dude that killed your dad. Um, so that's sort of <clears throat> the setup from the first game. So and and you're Japanese and and you come from Japan and you take this boat all the way to Hong Kong, and that's where the, the that's where the first game ends. So the the thing that this game does is it leaves you on a cliffhanger at the end of the first game. But, like, with no resolution at all. It just ends. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's exactly how the second really? game ends. This game ends in 2001, remember. Wow. The, the, the next game doesn't come out until 2020. And I had an absolute meltdown when Shenmue 3 came out. But the game just ends. Like, you're in the middle of, of something. You're in the middle of this... Oh, 2019, excuse me. Shenmue 3 came out in 2019. You're in the middle of this super... Very involved in the story. And the game just goes all right bye and and this guy Yu Suzuki the creator of of the game he said that this is going to be like a six-parter apparently oh when you <laughs> when you beat Shenmue 3 you're like 40% done with the game or something like that he he just they just quoted him on that like a little while ago but um so that's that's the setup i want to know my next question to you is how far did you get in the game 
What is the last oh, thing you boy. remember? The last thing that I remember was an old, it was a grandma that had these cups. Uh, I want to say they were like coffee cups on the table. Oh my God. And there's this little mini game. You got farther than I have thought. to do. The, the Chawan I told you, man, I, I genuinely, I played it. I tried. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even You're know. You're talking about the That's Chawan where I, I reached the point. Yes. Yes. So, That's okay. where I'm at in this game right now. Yeah, you're supposed to make... I'm very proud. I know you're going to go back and play it after we finish recording, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you put one oh, yeah, cup up, thing. and you put one cup down, and it's four cups. And what the Chawan sign does is <clears throat> it helps you... It, like, sends a message. Like, you just sit there, and you make the sign with the cup, and then you wait, and you wait for, like, someone to come up to you. So, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like a, like a secret code sort of a thing. So yeah, okay. So so okay, Super. okay, okay. So talk to me more a little bit more about it. So you you actually played more than I, I thought you were gonna play. I dude, I <laughs> what I was almost the- like just shaking my head the entire experience though. It's so over the top. There's these random ass QTEs that come <laughs> up all the time. Yeah, it's it's I, I, like do you remember the QTE of like I forgot that QTEs were a thing. Right. I actually like had no idea that that was going to happen at first. I remember in the opening sequence, you're chasing down that girl and it's all QTEs. The game just has a lot of elements to it. It's a lot of different things. It's a lot of like mini games almost kind of co- combined right. in this open world, which I think is cool. I think it sounds cool on paper. It's just I can't go back in a time machine and f- just, you know, experience this as a kid. I feel like and that's why I, I tried to preface as much as I could by saying I can 100 percent see why this would be called a guilty pleasure because it. It is a bad game now. I'm sorry. I hate to I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Anthony. This game's terrible. <laughs> I'll All be right, honest with awful. you. Be... <laughs> I gave you this game and then I played it myself because, you know, I'm not gonna put you through that torture alone. I beat it. I beat the game for probably the fifth time <laughs> in my life. Oh my gosh. And I loved it. And 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 you were talking about charm. The the bad the cringy dialogue, the just over-the-top QTEs, it's all part of it. It's like, remember The Room by Tommy Wiseau? Yes. It's, yeah. It, 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 it elicits that same effect in me. But the more you, like, play it, the more you start to go through the game unironically. <laughs> like, I played it ironically, right, at first. I was like, I'm going to play this. I'm going to get a laugh. I'm going to get a nostalgia trip. And then I get halfway through it and I'm genuinely in <laughs> into the game again. And oh I'm like gosh. enjoying myself. I, like I said, I, I played it uh, an hour or two every night before bed. Uh, Kelly was like, what the hell is this game? <laughs> yeah. I can't I wait. I can imagine. I can't wait to clip off yeah. the, the what the hell is this game thing because she's going to get a kick out of it. But she's like, what are you What Like, what is this game? He, he, and, and, and it seems like your thesis statement is the game didn't age well. That seems to be your thesis statement. No, no, no. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It did not age well. It's, it was probably one of those games that was ahead of its time. I don't know exactly what came out in 2001. I'm not going to remember. I'm sure, you know, this, like you said, it was Xbox, right? This game was on Sega Dreamcast, the original Xbox. Xbox. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Seems like there were, there's just a lot of, a lot of elements here. It's hard to, it was just really difficult to wrap my head around what the hell I was doing. I really, at at a a certain point, like 30 minutes in, I was like, 
I'm never going to understand what this game is. Right. Like I had, I'd kind of accepted it. And so I decided, you know what, I'll just play the game and maybe I'll pick up on certain things and names and it just never happened. Right. <laughs> I just so, never did. Uh, the fighting elements were cool though. I did like the fighting elements. I mean, for that time, you know, I, when I brought up Batman Arkham, it is a little <laughs> Batman Arkham the fighting elements. It is. It's cool. You know, it's it's just it's literally not a good nothing game. I'm like sorry. Batman Arkham. I know. Have you played Batman Arkham? I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about when you're actually like fighting multiple people no, I in understand. this tiny ass room. I understand. Which happens like four times that in the elbow assault or at least what I played. Oh my god. Yeah, you... and there's cool like yeah, like you there, there's a very cool People will also knock the hell out of you, too. Like, it'll enter, like, a cinematic camera view whenever somebody knocks you out. And it's actually kind of cool. That those There are certain elements, like I said, there's a certain charm to some things going on. But there's also a sequence where you were fighting, uh, I, I don't know the woman's name. You're trying to fight her, and she's dodging all your moves. She's actually dodging all the moves in a pretty cool and... Uh, like, I don't know. The animations were actually pretty impressive from what I was seeing. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah, there's cool moments. There was I can't believe how far cool you got. Cool moments for that period of time. I really can't. I believe. told you I played. I told you, I told you I was gonna try it. I played. I dude. I I can't believe your. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was doing it. I was doing it for the good of the podcast. I figured, you know what? I gotta put my best foot forward here. <laughs> I had to just try to see what the hell's going on. I really tried for the podcast. It just didn't. Well, thank you because you, know. you gave me like the hardest laugh I've had in like two months. That was super funny. Oh um, my God. Here's one thing that I will say in defense of Shenmue. The pacing of the game is deliberate. He he sort of stretches everything out on purpose. There's a part of the game where you're just moving boxes to earn money to get on a boat. And like of course there is. And, and then and then eventually you have to start every single day by airing books out. And you can't do anything until you air the books out. Like you have to air books out oh for like God. literal real time, probably ten minutes. Jesus, yeah, that's <laughs> no, not not interested in playing that whatsoever. So that I'm playing Shen, I'm playing Shenmue three, right? Uh, I'm playing the third game now. Oh yeah, how was that? It's does it live up to the expectations <laughs> of the of the, the high name of Shenmue two? Does it? I really don't know anything. I didn't even know there's a third one. It's a. Uh, it was kickstarted, right? It it got like over a million dollars in Kickstarter. It was like one That's of right. the biggest yeah. Kickstarter games of all time. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it literally just picks up where the second one ends. The second one ends. You uh, go to this uh, remote. I don't know if it's an island. It's a peninsula. Something. Some sort of like, you know, coastal town, and you find this believe it or not you like your your phoenix mirror actually helps you unlock this sword that starts floating in the air and then it becomes all i don't know i don't even know i really don't even know what happened but anyway the game ends and shenmue 3 picks up right where the second one ends and i'm again playing it at the end of the day like a bedtime story and most of what i've been doing is chopping wood to earn money to get food so I'm just chopping wood. That's literally all I've been doing in Shenmue 3. And I got to say, I love it. It's so far so good. I have no oh complaints. <laughs> wow. That is too funny. I'm surprised you haven't played it by now, though, to be honest well, with you, considering your, uh, your high regards for the first two. Yeah, I, I just, I hadn't gotten around to it because 
I think it came to PlayStation later. I think it started on... Did it? No, it, did. it came to PlayStation right away. I think it just had a ridiculous price tag, like $40 or something. Um, nah. Wow, it raised $1 million in crowdfunding in an hour and 44 minutes. That's wow. nuts. People... People really love it. It has a cult I mean, following. Like I said, I could see why. Yeah, but listen like, to I this. Could see why. Listen to this. Yeah. Take 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 this with you, Vinny. The next time you dive into Shenmue Two, because I know you're going to go back and play it. Yeah, because it reminds you of Batman Arkham, which God only knows how you made that comparison. But here are the aggregate scores for this game. Get ready, because it's not going to be ahead. what you expect. The Sega Dreamcast on GameRankings.com has a 90% aggregate score Wow! on Sega Dreamcast. It got better reviews on Sega Dreamcast, so I'm just going to list those off. 88 on Metacritic. Five stars on G4 gave it five stars. Game Informer gave it an 8 out of 10. GameSpot gave it an 8.7 out of 10. IGN gave it an 8.3 out of 10. It got it got like all nines and tens. GameSpy gave it a nine out of ten back when they were a thing. Maybe I just I wish there was a time machine, man. I wish I could have gone back. I just don't think you're advanced enough to understand what, what was played, going on here. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done some historical, you know, research. Try to put myself in my seven year old, you know, mindset, right? So to speak, right? I uh, wow. I mean, it's it, like I said. It seems like a game that just did not age well. That's it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's actually I am saying it's terrible, but <laughs> on the bright side it was good back then. So it is a guilty pleasure. Like you said, it's a very it's a very definition of a guilty pleasure. I think deep down regardless of what you said about Shenmue and how much you love it, I think you think it's also a terrible game. I I think some, somewhere deep down inside you think this is an awful just as awful as I thought it was. All I'm going to tell you is I, I literally just played through the whole thing and I loved every second of it. So <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. Oh my I don't gosh. know. But Vinny, yeah. you are We're a, not doing uh you are amazing for actually playing that. I cannot believe you got as far as you did. I did not think you were going to get that far. <laughs> I thought you were going to put it down and be like, I'm going to try it. I really appreciate you actually playing the game because that means a lot to me because I, in order to, for this to have worked, I needed you to like understand the game. Here's, I I just remembered. I need to say one more thing before, before I let you go. Yakuza like a dragon is the next evolution of these games. So when, when you see some sort of, and, and more or less, when you see some of that charm that you were talking about. I know you're going to play Yakuza like a dragon and, and, and maybe that wasn't the best way to sell Yakuza like a dragon, but <laughs> all I'm saying is that there's something special about Shenmue that I also see in this Yakuza game. Like, like some of, some of the, the quirks of the characters and the dialogue and this game is written far better. But I'm just saying, like it's it, you'll see what I'm talking about when you play it, because I, I really think you would love Yakuza like a dragon. If 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 you're enjoying some of the charm from Shenmue 2, that's all I'm talking about. Not the gameplay, not the graphics, not the writing. I'm just talking about the, some of the some of the inherent charm about it. But 
but yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you actually playing and, uh, I, that just about sums it up. I mean, I, there's no better place to end this episode. Is there any anything random that you want to play right now that you can think of? Not not anything random, man. I'm I'm hopping on that PS Plus. I think I think I'm gonna hop into. Uh, oh boy, I was gonna use a pun. I was gonna say I'm gonna kick flip my way into <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I had to throw one pun into the episode at some point, but I think I'm gonna check out that Pro Skater series i really haven't played it yet i can't wait yeah man it's, what it's about awesome you? i'm just gonna go right after i'm done uploading this episode i'm gonna go straight to yakuza like a dragon that game's awesome uh if you made it this far wow i cannot believe that you're still listening what the hell are you doing after after that shenmue conversation how are you still here <laughs> <laughs> but thank I you know. at the same token thank you very much for for 